So our, uh, our guest today on the Robcast, 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness, it's, uh, this, is a, this is a great guest. Uh, this is 20th year, 21st year, sorry, of, uh, of professional soccer. This is uh, one of the guests that's older than me, so you know, I, I dig <laughs> that. Uh, two-time goalkeeper of the year, uh, over 300 MLS matches, over 500 in his life. Um, and if you look up the, like right below this, if you look up the top MLS keepers of all time, this guy ranks third on his list, and this is no other than John Bush. John, thanks for joining us, man. Ah, thanks for having me, Doc. I'm excited. So 15 minutes of mental toughness. Yep. Let's let's just start out with that. Um, and I always save this one, too. I just, I kind of like it, like, you know, only Jesus saves more than John Bush. <laughs> What, what's the mindset you have to have in order to be a, a, a great keeper? Uh, the, you know, as, as everybody says, goalkeepers, no matter if it's, you know, soccer or hockey, we're different characters, you know, and we're a different breed. And uh, there's so much of the mental game that goes into being a goalkeeper, uh, you know, because one minute you could be on top, and then the next minute you, you could have a nightmare of a game. Uh, so you have to have a short memory, be able to get rid of it, um, you, you know, but you also have to be mentally tough. I think especially in today's world, because if you make a mistake in a game, you know, with social media and, and everything that's out there today, everybody's going to see it. You know, when I when I started 21 years ago, you, you, the only thing you saw, maybe if you were lucky, was on the VHS cassette the next day when you watched it, you know, and, and now instantaneously it, it's on TV, it's on Twitter, it's on social media where... You know, it's just out there a lot more. So you have to have a, a, a thick skin as a goalkeeper to be able to, to ha hold your hand up and say, yeah, you know what, I messed up there. I, I did, you know, I, that wasn't a good play. Um, but knowing that, okay, let me put it away, let me get it out of my head, and I have to make the next play. So how, how do you build mental toughness? Um, I, I don't think there's one specific answer. You know, I, I think... Uh, your preparation, both on the field and off the field. Uh, I've been very fortunate. I've worked with sports psychologists like yourself uh, for what 15 plus years now. And and, and what what was the best thing? I mean, what did you get out of that? I think the best thing is uh, you know is, is the visualization. You know, I, I do that before every game. I do that almost every morning when I'm on my way to training uh, or before training. Uh, just a few minutes, just to kind of get everything you know clicked into my head and and prepare for that training session or that game that night uh and it just puts me in a it, it puts me in a state of okay you know of calm of this is my job this is what i'm gonna do you know and, and it gets me away from the rest of the world and, and thinking about whatever you know whatever i've got to do after the game or the next day um it, it makes me really focus on what my objective is the next two hours of, of that either that game or or that training session yeah just visualizing saves visualizing like past games it, yeah visualizing saves visualizing you know techniques whether it's a low low shot high shot whether it's a cross whether it's a back pass you know i see myself organizing pointing communicating all the things that i need to do you know on, on a day-to-day -day basis to help the team be successful uh so that, that's the first thing i picked up was just the visualization um, the second thing, and I think, like I said, you know, with, with social media the way it is today, this is just as important as of being able to process when you do make a mistake, you know, how you deal with it. Um, it's tough 
in the in the moment, right? In the here and now, you make a mistake in the game, it might be five minutes in the game, and you still sure. you still have eighty five more to go. You know, so you try to just put it away and say I'll deal with it afterwards. You know, um, and the I think each goalie is different, but for me, I, I don't like to hide from. I like to you know be upfront. But yeah, that was a mistake. I, I know I can do better. I I usually give myself twenty four hours because I beat myself up a lot when mm-hmm. I make a mistake, whether it costs us a goal or if it's just you know a bad play. I, I like to give myself twenty four hours of of kind of feeling sorry for myself, if you will. Um, and looking at it and analyzing it, you know, why did I do that? How did that happen? Yeah. And, and and then once I do that, then after that, it's okay. It's done with. It's over. It's time to move forward. So how do you do that? Like, what's that switch? I mean, do you physically like, you know, flush the mistake? Like, how do you how do you how do you move on? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I, I keep repeating in my head is every goalkeeper, no matter what level, no matter what country, no matter how many games they've ever played. Right, you know whether you're Gigi Buffon, who's you know one of the best in the world, who's still playing, you know at the age of 39, and and you know as as over a thousand games uh, played, he, you know he makes mistakes. You know Igor Casillas makes mistakes. You know every goalkeeper is going to make a mistake. You know I was told years ago in Columbus by my goalie coach, the best goalkeepers in the world are the ones that make one mistake every 10 to 15 to 20 games. Because it's gonna happen with the with the amount of times that we have to deal with, you know, shots and crosses and back passes and like, you're gonna make a mistake. But it's not, you know, five a game and it's not every game. It's literally once every 15, 20 games. Those yeah. are the best goalkeepers. Nice. You know, one of the things I'm always about is those hinge moments, those yeah. moments that you know, make all the difference in our lives. Sometimes we don't know when they're, well, obviously we don't know when they're coming, but we don't know the significance till later on. Yeah. I was wondering, you know, because a big part of life is how we face adversity. How do we overcome, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the setbacks? So you were an All-American at, at UNC Charlotte, the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, and the, but you went undrafted and, and then you spent time like in the minors. Can you, can you talk about that process? And then, you know, what, what was it about you that made you special? Why did you hold on to that, that dream or that vision, if there was one? Yeah, I, you know, it was, I, I just knew how bad I wanted to be a pro. You know, I think one of the one of the blessings for me was when I did go to Charlotte, the goalkeeper coach down there, Eric Bauder, had produced numerous uh, professional goalkeepers. And they would all come down uh, in the winter and train with him at Charlotte. So I was around these guys from the beginning. That's huge. And I think, yeah, I think that really fostered you know, the idea of, hey, I can be one of these guys one day. And, and we had some real, real quality goalkeepers that would train there. And so it was great for me to be able to not just train with them, but see how they went about their day-to-day business. Um, you know, so that that was great. But uh, I mean, wouldn't, edu- know, it, wouldn't education there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're getting thrown in the defense, right? Um, but it, yeah, I mean, you know, so when I left, Charlotte after my junior season you know we were I was an all-american I went to the final four um but then like you said I didn't get drafted uh which at that time for me you was a little bit of a slap in the face but for the goalkeeper coach EV Eric Water he actually knew it was a blessing because he wanted me to go into the minor leagues to be able to play you know all I was thinking was get to the top of the mountain as quick as I can which was MLS 
you know, and, and that, so that's what, that, you know, maybe I didn't know the better path. He did, um, you know, but I, I was, yeah, I was definitely devastated in the fact that I'm thinking, you know, I just had a great season, you know, how come nobody's drafting me? Um, it didn't, it didn't work out, but it wasn't like I was going to walk away. You know, I, I was going to prove these people wrong because I knew I could be a pro after training with these guys. I knew I had what it took. And so what was that process then? Because you're uh, bouncing around USL, mm-hmm. you get called up, don't play, head back down, um, yeah. you know, mentally. And I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was, you know, it was basically it was five years up and down um, or four years up and down uh, out of the five years in the USL where, you know, I would spend preseasons with, you know, a Chicago Fire or DC United or whoever. And then I go back down to my minor league team. And then if somebody got injured, I get called up and I sit the bench. I got so I get taste of it, you know. And 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 I felt personally uh, that I could stay up there, that I was good enough. Um, but at the same time, I also think it was great for me to be able to go back down and play, you know, and, and get my games um, because that was the real learning experience. Mm-hmm. You know, if I would have stayed in the MLS, I wouldn't have started. I wouldn't have played. And I don't know if it would have lasted as long as I have just because they had no reserve teams back then. They had no real opportunities for me to get games in like I was getting in the USL. Um, so I think that was a blessing in disguise. I didn't realize it at the time. And now I look back now and go, that was great because I got over, I think it was close to 150 games wow. before I finally got to Columbus and became you know, a full-fledged MLS player. Yeah. And so even though I was technically a rookie, going to the MLS I wasn't a rookie because you know and that's why the coach drafted me eventually then because I had 150 games under my belt so he knew me even if the you know kind of the fans didn't know who I was yeah absolutely yeah one of the lines I like to use is it's not who gets there first it's who can get there and stay there yeah yeah so all all that playing time that that prepared you for that yeah and and that was one of the things it was funny because you said that because one of the first guys uh Scott Garlic was his name he was a goalkeeper in the Carolina Dynamo who I signed with and he was going up and back in D.C. He was just starting to make his mark at D.C. And he was a very good goalkeeper. And I remember having a conversation with him early because I was really frustrated because he was playing in Carolina and I wasn't. And he was, you know, he, if I was early 20s, he was he was late 20s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was farther along on the process than I was. But I remember him saying to me one day, he's like, Bushy, what's wrong? And I said, you know, I'm just frustrated. I, w- I want to get up there, you know. And, and he said, he goes, it's not how quickly you get up there. It's how long you stay once you get up there. And I never looked at it that way until he said that. And, and that clicked in my head. That changed my whole thought process in, in the fact of, you know, okay, maybe I need to, maybe I need to keep working at this level um, and, and make sure I am ready. So like he says, you know, I don't want to go up for a year or two and then be out. I want to be up there for 5, 10, 10 15 years, as long as I can. And so that was the first time it really kind of clicked in my head of, not not how quickly, but how long can you stay when you get to the top of the mountain? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's really cool. 150 games, man. Yeah, it, and it, a lot of bus rides. <laughs> and then and then coach uh, can then coach saw you play um, yeah. playoffs with Hershey. Yeah. So my last year in the USL, uh, Hershey, we had a really good uh, really good season. Great team there. Uh, the coach at the time, Greg Andrulis from Columbus, came over, um, and I didn't know he was coming to watch our playoff game. 
but after the game, I end up seeing him, and he comes over to me, and I, I had known him through goalie camps years ago, but we kind of lost track of each other. But anyway, um, I saw him, and he's kind of, hey, Greg, how are you? And he called me over, and he said, look, one of our guys is retiring uh, in Columbus at the end of the season. Uh, we got one spot available, and, you know, I would like to draft you. Would you be interested to come to Columbus? And, uh, of course, I, I jumped at the opportunity, you know, and he said, okay, you know, I'll be in touch, and in a month from now, you know, we'll draft you in the uh, in the draft, and, and you'll come to Columbus. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was kind of a hinge moment for me where, you know, five years of up and down and, and grinding and riding buses and, and, and getting 150 games in my, under my belt, it was kind of one of those experiences where I said, wow, he's going to draft me, and, and I'm going to be a, if you want to call it, a full-time MLS player. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Five, five, five years, years to be a rookie. Yeah, five years to be a rookie, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, you've seen, I mean, you, you coach goalies, you've seen and, and you've been a part of, you know, championship teams, and you probably hasn't, you haven't seen anything in the game that's happened. What is it that, that you think that people need to know? Like, look, you need to know this in order to be mentally tough. What, what would you tell them? You need to know. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is there's always tomorrow. There's always the next day. You know, when, especially when you make a mistake. You know, and, and, and I've, I've done this my whole career, you know, and, and I still do this even at the age of 40, but, you know, most successful goalkeepers I've been around, um, they, they take either mistakes or losing games very hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing I have learned over the years is, you know, tomorrow's a new day. You start fresh tomorrow, you know, so yeah, I may have, you know, I may have a bad training session on a Tuesday, but Wednesday I've got, I've got, you know, a great opportunity to kind of set, set it up again and, and set the, set it straight. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, it is just a game, you know, um, we take it very seriously. It's our profession, but it's not life and death. And it, you know, we, you will have a, a, the next day to kind of correct things. And I think it took me a long time to figure that one out, but just because you have one, you know, one bad day or one mistake, doesn't make you a bad goalkeeper, you know. Um, and and so, you know, there. I remember again getting getting into a conversation with another good buddy of mine, Pat Onstead, who played in the MLS and, and for years and was an unbelievable goalkeeper. He was another guy who put his arm around me when I was real young. Um, and we we had a conversation one day, you know, about just our mentalities. And then I asked him. I said, you know, I said, Pat, I said. If I don't win on Tuesday morning, on small-sided morning, I'm upset the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'd go home, I'm moody, my wife's telling me I'm moody. You know, I'm, I might still be thinking about one of the saves I did not make during the, you know, that maybe cost us in the 4v4, 5v5 games. And he started laughing. And he's like, Pushy, he goes, I'm the same way. He goes, that's what makes us different. You know, we take a Tuesday morning just as serious as we take a, a Saturday night. Um, so it was kind of cool because I thought, well, I wonder if there's anybody else out there like me, you know, that, that takes a Tuesday as serious as they take the Saturday. Um, but, you know, that taught me that, you know, that there are, A, there are other goalkeepers out there that take it as serious, but B, this, 
this is the this is the attitude and the professionalism you need to have to make it to that next level because at that time Pat was a Canadian national team goalkeeper and he was he had won two, three, four championships, goalkeeper of the year at least one time. Like he had he had done it all. And you know, he was one of the guys that I always talked to and looked up to. So to know that that's how he prepared every day, you know, allowed me to think I was on the right path. Yeah. Man, that's it's such a righteous statement, man, because it's it's really treating every practice like it's your last and it's the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you something, because I really believe a lot of times, like if that plate isn't getting made on Tuesday, it's not getting made on Saturday. Now, I don't mean that necessarily with keepers, but just in general. No, no. Yeah, when when you when you have that really good training session, are you able to pat yourself on the back and say, "Wow, you know, I really did that well." Yeah, I think, you know, again, I think that uh, there's times where I'll come off training and say, oh, that, that was sharp today. That was good. I, I'm, I'm happy with where I am, you know. Um, but then again, as soon as that day's done and the, the sun rises for the next day, it's another new challenge. Can I continue where I was yesterday? Yeah. You know, yeah, okay. Tuesday, I was great. Can I be great again on Wednesday? Yeah, you know, so I, good, I, I, good or bad, you're always hitting that reset button? Yeah, you're always resetting every morning. You know, I, I want to get to the top of the top of the mountain again. I want to be as sharp as I can. And, and also knowing, and again, this comes with experience, you're not going to be great every day, right? And you're not going to be sharp every day. You're going to, you know, maybe once a week, once every two weeks. I, I, you know, you have a bad practice and things are just off. It just naturally happens. You might be tired physically. You might be beat up, you know, physically and or mentally. But it's it's about striving to get up there. You know, it's about not just saying, okay, you know, I'm a little tired today or I'm a little beat up. So, you know, I, I'm just kind of going to cruise through training today, you know, because I just don't feel like putting it in, you know, and, and, and I've never done that. I don't, I don't like when I see or hear players say that, oh, you know, yeah, I'm just going to kind of, you know, sit here and, and do enough, but then, because you're not making yourself better. You're not so, trying to make yourself better. So when you're having like that bad day and the, you know, touches are off, like yep. what's, what's your mental process then? How do you get the most out of it? I think two things. I think one is, A, I try to go back to basics of just my, starting with my basic goalkeeping stance, you know, and, and going back to just that, you know, I, I'll also pull myself over to the side a little and try to, if I'm, if I'm mentally I'm frustrated, I'll just focus on my breathing to try to get my mental side calm and normal again. Um, and then I'll just, uh, it, it's just going back to the basics of saying, look, I, you know, today I'm fighting it, but I'm going to fight it all the way to the end, even if it doesn't get any better, but I'm going to keep fighting till, till training's done. And then at the end of the day, you know, I, 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 I get upset with myself, but then I turn kind of turn around and make it a little bit of a joking guy. Yeah. You know what? You were crap today, Bushy. You were absolutely crap. But you know what? Tomorrow you're you're gonna be much better. You can't be any worse than you were today. Yeah. You know, so I kinda turned around in my head a little bit and make a little bit of a joke about it and say, God, thank God nobody's watching today because you were crap. You know? So that that's a little bit of the way men mentally I try to, you know, make it into a positive, if you will. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I just got one more question, man. Yeah. I don't know why, but this one popped in my head. The 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 folklore story about Tom Brady. Um yep. You know, when he got drafted and he meets, uh, you know, Mr. Kraft and, you know, introduced himself, says, you know, I'm Tom Brady. He says, yeah, you know, you're our sixth round draft pick. And he says, yeah, and I want you to know that that's the best decision you ever made. <laughs> Did you ever have one of those moments? Um, 
You know, I, I, I have. I, I've had a few, you know. Um, first and foremost, the, the guy we, were th- uh, we talked about earlier, John Kowalski with the under-20 national team. Years later, you know, he, he told me that, you know, not only with the under-20s, but he was a coach at Tampa in the early days, that, you know, he made a mistake in not, not bringing me not bringing me with the 20s, but then also not uh, getting me into Tampa. So I thought that was that was a cool one. Um, but the, one of the biggest ones was uh, in Chicago. When I went to Chicago the first time I played there, uh, a coach named Juan, Juan Carlos Osorio, who's actually the full national team coach, a very good coach. Love that guy, actually. Um, well, he came in about halfway through one of the years. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. Uh, but he came in, and I was training and playing really well. Uh, but then he started playing the other goalkeeper again, and who was also a good goalkeeper, Matt. And so I remember going to him and asking him one day, you know, Juan Carlos, you know, what can I do to get back in the lineup? And he said to me, he goes, look, Bushy, he goes, you train unbelievably hard. He goes, you're sharp. You're actually a better goalkeeper in training. He goes, but I just came from England. I like a taller goalie. I'm going with Matt. You're not going to play the rest of the year unless something happens to Matt. And I remember going, holy moly. Like, in one aspect, I was devastated because he just point blank told me. But in in the other aspect, I said, well, at least he actually gave me the truth. And it has nothing to do with my training or my playing. It has to do with he he just believes in, in a bigger, in a taller goalkeeper, right? And I told him, I said, okay, fair enough. You know, I can't change your mind. I'll give you everything I got till the end of the year. But if you're here next year, I, I can't I can't be here, you know, because I'm not going to play. So he said, you know, let's get through the season. We'll deal with that. So anyway, long story short, he goes to New York the next year. So I stayed in Chicago. That next year I was goalkeeper of the year. I get a call from him out of the blue right before playoffs. And I didn't know his number. I didn't know anything. Um, I... For whatever reason, I answered it. Usually, I don't answer it if I don't know the number, but I answered it. And he says, hey, Bushy, it's Juan Carlos. And I kind of chuckled. I, I hadn't talked to him for, you know, probably a year. I said, yeah. how are you doing, Juan Carlos? It's good. He goes, uh, you know, hey, I want to congratulate you on your Goalkeeper of the Year award. And I said, oh, thank you. He goes, you had a really good year. I said, oh, I appreciate that. You know, teams play well in front of me, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he goes, that second question was, any chance you want to come to New York next year? And I just started laughing. I said, well, I said, unfortunately, no, Juan Carlos. I said, you had your chance last year. You didn't want to play me when you were here. Now you want me to come to New York. I said, I'm, I'm satisfied in Chicago and uh, I'm very settled. So, uh, you know, good luck to you and uh, we'll see you soon. And that was the end of it. But that really, I hung up, I remember hanging up the phone because I was driving when it happened. And uh, I just started kind of smiling to myself and chuckling. You know, here's a guy who less than a year ago said I wasn't tall enough for him. And then a year later, he's asking me to come play for him in New York. So that was, you know, I, I guess that's kind of my, my Tom Brady moment, if yeah. you will. Oh, that's an awesome one. So, yeah, so. Thanks. Uh, how can people uh, follow you, get a hold of you? Um, give us that information. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on social media. Uh, my, uh, what is it, my Twitter and, and uh, Instagram is at HPG underscore GK. So that's that's the glove company that I own, high performance goalkeeping. Uh, so you can find me there. Uh, you know, check us out and and tweet me. Awesome man, we got that link below. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. Great, thanks for having me, Doc. All right, bro. See you, bud.